welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. And we're back for another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. And today, the feature is Silver Mines, which is on the ASX as SVL. Silver Mines is a 100% owner of the largest undeveloped silver deposit in Australia and one of the largest in the world at a time of rising demand for silver due to its use in solar energy and electric vehicles. It's a great time to feature silver mines because of this week's news about the Bowden's Maiden underground resource and why that's so significant for the company. And I'm very pleased to say that Anthony McClure, the Managing Director of Silver Mines, is my guest today and he joins me now. G'day, Anthony. Welcome to the program. Hi, Justin. Thanks for having me. So you started your career, Anthony, as a geologist and have had 35 years in the resource sector worldwide from technical to senior and financial roles. Can you outline for us your background and what attracted you to lead Silver Mines? Yeah, sure, Justin. So, uh, yeah, as you pointed out, I'm a geologist by trade. Um, been involved in in different projects across the uh, the world um, for for many years now. Probably the the more uh, famous of those was the um, Palmarejo project in Mexico. So, Bonlisi mm-hmm. Gold. Some of your listeners will will know Bonlisi, um, which was listed on the ASX at that time. It was the only silver company on the ASX, and we had a um, a very gifted project in in Chihuahua State in Mexico. Um, and for a long story short, there was you know, Benalt Bonlisi had a market cap of say you know twenty million Australian dollars, and eventually mm-hmm. taken over by Kerr out of Idaho yes. for about one one point three billion uh, US dollars. So that was a very successful Zero, project. Yeah, wow. pa- pa- wow. yeah. Pa- pa- Palmarejo was. Um, was a silver project which had a, had a significant gold credit as well. So that that effectively gave us uh, silver stripes. We've been involved with other other companies, but um, um, you know, I, I kicked off um, Silver Mines. Silver Mines was actually a company that existed on the ASX for uh, for some time. But um, mm-hmm. when we got involved some six years ago, we put the Bowdens project into it. New management recapitalised, um, so effectively became a new company um, mm. back in two thousand and sixteen. And so when you, when you were looking at the project or thinking, okay, this could be a goer, what were the things that attracted you to silver mines? Well, there was a substantial amount of work that had already been done. So silver, um, silver Standard, which is a North American company, was effectively the, the, the first main owner. You know, it was owned by CRA and a few others, but, but Silver Standard were the, were the ones who did the first work on the project. So... Um, Bob Quartermain and Rick Rule, so you know, two pretty famous uh, North yep. American um, uh, mining people. They they um, started Silver Standard. This was their first asset, and uh, okay. Silver Standard was a company that um, we got involved in in, in silver on, on the back of um, improving assets and selling them on. And that's what exactly what they did. They didn't have any objective in in um, Getting into production that happened much much later after they, they exited and Silver Standard is a, now a large a very large company but um, uh, but Bowden's got sold on to Kingsgate uh, Consolidated for seventy five million um, Kingsgate got into a, a bit of strife with their uh, project up in Thailand um, 
the change in the silver cycle or the, or the bottom of the silver cycle, uh, we, we, we got involved with Kingscape and we purchased the project for uh, $25 million, okay. um, some six years ago. So they bought it for 75 They spent about another 30 on it. Um, we bought it for 25 which was um, um, an opportunity for us. But uh, after after she had finished in Mexico, um, yes, we're, we're doing other doing other projects and other companies and so forth, but we're very keen on the silver market um, and um, we kept uh, looking around for the right assets and, and just so happens there was a phenomenal asset um, near, near home. So three and a half hours from Sydney and so we're delighted to take it on. So, so tell, yeah, tell us about that geography for those that are not familiar with the project. Where, where, is, um, where is all the action based for you? So near Mudgee, central New South Wales, um, as I say, about three and a half hours um, west uh-huh. of west of Sydney. So access is 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 obviously very good. We're in between the the mining centres of the Hunter Valley and Orange. So Orange being the you know the, the massive gold copper uh, Cady Ridgeway operations owned by by um, Newcrest. Um, so, so we, we, yeah, we got the best of, of both worlds, being close to a major city, being Sydney, and being in between two major mining centres. So, in terms of development, um, equipment, capital, um, workforce, and so forth, we're perfectly placed. Um, the the other point in all that, of course, we're not remote, so we're not in yes. Central Australia. So, yes. sourcing the right people um, is does that make um, it easier. It, like no, it, a, a lot, lot yeah, easier. I bet, and I bet. As you can imagine, people looking to get out of, you know, fly in, fly out operations, yep. Yep. and looking after their families and so forth. So moving to a place like Mudgee is, um, is, um, is, is, is the wines there are, are amazing. Uh, wines are good. Uh, very, very fortunately, where you know, where we are in terms of uh, rocks, uh, uh, rocks are volcanic and acidic, um, mm. so that doesn't lend itself to to, to wineries. So we don't have that battle that. Perhaps some of the coal miners have had yes, further north yes. dealing with wineries and, and horse studs and you know, grade Whatnot. A agriculture. Yes. We, we don't have those issues. Indeed, where we are, it's sort of grade three agriculture, so we, we don't have those sort of competing um, interests um, interest, you know, against agriculture and other businesses. So Bowdens has both the open cut and the underground resource. Tell us firstly about the announcement this week about the maiden mineral resource for the underground project and what that means broadly for the company. Yeah, no, uh, Justin, the, the, I'll, I'll just go back one step first and, and, and just um, state a note on the open cut area. So the open cut, which has now been drilled out um, effectively, is when we got involved, we added about 100 million ounces of silver equivalent to the resource um, in our first 12 months. So that resource, the open cut resource now, sits at 275 million ounces of silver equivalents. So that's mostly silver, a little bit of zinc, and a little bit of lead. Um, so the open cut area is vast. So we had particular interest in in understanding why this you know, massive silver ore body was, was there. It's, it's really unusual um, for Australia, and um, there's nothing like it. You've, you've got, you know, in central Queensland, you've got the Cannington Project, which is owned by South 32, but outside, and, and that's in its twilight. Um, but um, there, there's nothing like it in terms of the size of this um, resource. So we wanted to understand why it was there. So all mm. that historical work that was done by Silver Standard and Kingsgate um, 
was focused on the surface um, area and the uh, the resource, you know, sort of the low hanging fruit, if, if you will. Um, when we got involved from a geological perspective, we wanted to understand: is what's you know, are there feeder zones underneath? Is there a porphyry system? What's the structure and, and, and so forth? And lo and behold, that initial work of drilling, um, yes, we we're still focused on the on the upper reaches and close to surface material, but let's punch a few holes at depth and see what's underneath. Uh-huh. And lo and behold, and, and, and fast forwarding a couple of years, we made three discoveries directly under the open cut. And so that that is what the underground resource is now. So we've drilled that out. Um, it's still very much open. Everywhere we drill, it's, it's still open. Uh, but these three areas are now contributing another 43 million ounces. Now that's obviously significantly smaller than the than the open cut, but importantly, yes. the grade is much, much higher. I was going to ask about that. You've had some very high grade or bonanza results from uh, the the zones underneath the the open cut project. Oh, indeed, indeed, and and you know, we, 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 yeah, some some of that is up there with some of the best stuff we were we were drilling in in Mexico those years ago. But yeah, you know, you're getting you're getting zones which are um, you know sort of over a thousand grams. I think. Um, um, and that's thirty ounces silver, right? So that, that's mm. you know a very very high grade. So we, sometimes you're getting you know, zones up to you know thirty meters. Um, generally, it's you know sub ten meters, around four or five meters, which is um, um, which is still you know, wide, um, particularly when you've got um, grade. I think um, one of the most exciting holes we drilled, drilled some time ago was. Um, we're hitting, um, you know, sort of four or five metres over a 1,000 grams, but we've, we've had intercepts over 2,000 grams, which is, um, which is quite phenomenal. And, and, and you know, it, it, it varies depending where we are. Now, looking at the underground area at the moment, we, we have um, the three areas. Two of those areas are pretty much the same as what we see in the open cut. Um, the third area, which we call Bandara, um, that's a little bit deeper, and the mineralogy is slightly different. Um, as we get into it, yes, we still see bonanza grades of silver, but in areas we see uh, less silver, much, much higher-grade zinc, um, much higher-grade lead, um, and now where we're drilling at the moment and um, and, and as, as part of the resource, we see zones of reasonably significant gold. Um, so the, mm. the Was that a surprise? Well, we, we, we saw little bits of gold in the open cut area when we were drilling, but, but they were sort of discrete little zones and yes. nothing of real substance. Um, yep. um, having, having said that, I'll, well, I'll come back to that, um, yes. uh, that, that comment in a moment, but um, um, we, we, we were, in these things, you've got to keep your eyes open, right, because yep. they're large yep. mineralised systems. As you get deeper in, you get um, into, you know, the feeder zones, you get into um, hotter areas of the... Of, of, of the deposit, you expect that it might morph into something. And gold is obviously something that's you know, particularly topical. And yes. even as, as we get deeper in that Bandara zone, we start to see copper come into the system. Um, we're not sure of the full extent of that or the, or the gold at the moment, but further drilling, I think we're, we're going to continue to um, to hit this. Where we're drilling at the moment, so this is to the south and to the southeast of the current open pit, we're drilling an area at the moment that's... Um, um, has quite significant gold, mm. um, and over um, and over significant widths. We'll have some more information out on that um, very shortly. But the gold is um, is something that 
we, we, we don't know the full extent of it at all. Um, as we mm. get deeper, we expect to see Exciting. much higher high yeah. grade. And if we get a bit more copper into the system, well, you know, that's, um, that's, uh, that's pretty good as well, right? So what does that, t- I mean, it sounds fantastic. What does that tell you about the potential of the asset that you've got, about the deposit that, you, uh, that you're working on? Well, one way to look at that, Justin, is is so the open cut mine life is sixteen years, right? So okay. um, we're we're tapping into about a third of the resource, so that that will expand, um, no doubt, in the future as silver prices go up and, and more becomes economic and, and, and so forth. The un- the underground operation, um, the forty three million ounces there, if, if if that can contribute, you know, say half a million tons a year for six years. That's that's our minimum target that we're looking to. So, um, um, so that yeah, there's another six years of, of, of my life there. But I'm I'm comfortable in saying now, from what we know, and, and given the size of the open cut, what we're seeing underground, knowing that it's all open, we're comfortable in saying that this operation is going to be still operating in 50 years' time. It's that sort of wow. body. It's going to mm. continue to deliver. Mm. Um, we don't know the extent of it. Um, the exploration portfolio is 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 vast, um, and so you know the future of, of the project. Yes, we're kicking off with a with a with a decent size um, silver mine, but um, that'll morph into an underground. Wait operation. for more. Wait for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, you know, a, a lot of work. Yeah, you know, the open cut is all all. Um, Submitted for approvals and so forth, and we're almost there. The underground operation will obviously need to do a lot more work on that. We've, we've, um, um, yeah, we've completed the drill out and the resource assessment. More work needs to be done to um, prove it up and get it into um, development. How many rigs do you do you have there drilling now, and how many people are on site? Give us a sense, Anthony, of the scale of the operation. We've got about twenty-five uh, full-time employees on site. Um, okay. At any given time, we'll probably double that with contractors in. Uh, yes. We've three three rigs on site at the moment, but the uh, the place is um, is humming along from the on on the back of just the exploration effort. Um, as you can appreciate, mm. over the last couple of years, with you know completing the drill out of the open cut area, um, feasibility, environmental impact statement, which is a you know a, a very detailed. Um, technical um, process and, and documentation. You know, I've had a huge amount of you know, people in and out of the out of the project, but you know, it's it's, it's very busy up there. And uh, but as we move forward, that that you know, twenty twenty five people there now will will move to about two hundred and fifty people on on the site. In, in, <laughs> That'll in keep you busy. In, 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 yeah, no, exactly. And, and in construction, it'll actually be over well over three hundred. So. Um, and, and and yeah, and that's that's the kickoff development, right? Yes. So you know, yes. it, it'll expand over time. Um, yeah, the, the, this sort of, this project, yeah, you know, we're we're in an area, the mudgy area, yeah, as you mentioned, is you know, wineries and so forth. The um um yeah, the main business of the area is three coal mines. So Ulan coal fields, which is the southern tip of yes. the Hunter Valley, that is what carries the um the area. Yeah, you know, most employment. Most revenue generated out of the area is is from those three coal mines. Um, we all know about coal at the moment; it's on the decline, and and we come under you know, further pressure as we move forward. So, what does this region do in diversifying? And this is you know, why the why the the project is so topical um, locally. Why we have you know massive public support um, out there, and and uh, government and council and so forth are, are well supportive. So. 
um, it's really important for the region in, in diversifying and and, uh, and getting this mine up. So um, we're looking forward to that. Now, Anthony, I've got a note here saying that the seismic testing over the last month, you identified something known as the Baldens Caldera, which sounds intriguing. Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah. So, yeah, this area of New South Wales is a um, went through a yeah, massive amount of volcanism those uh, many years ago, um, of course. And the we, you know, as I mentioned before, we've been you know, looking to understand why this. Um, project is is where it is the um um you know the, the the work we've done at depth is is building that geological picture um we we always suspected that we've been on the on the fringe of a collapse called the era so of the you know of the, the the volcano itself which is um probably the mineralizing event um so the extent of that called the era um is is something that we've been very keen in in trying to understand so we undertook you know, various uh, geophysical works, so gravity and, and a few other things that we've, we've done. We've flown magnetics and so forth. But the, the seismic work we, we've done um, looks under the cover. So Bowdens is right on the edge of the city basin and mm. we have a slither of sandstone cover in our area and some part of that is, in fact, over the open pit area. Um, so, you know, that... that thin veneer of sandstone needs to be looked through. And the other geophysical methods haven't been overly successful, but the, the seismic, and, and you know, go, go figure, so, seismic is not a common tool in the minerals business. It's, okay. it's oil and gas, um, but the technology is, is getting to a point where it is being used and, and you know, we're, we're a pretty creative bunch and we wanted to test it out. So we tested it out over the uh, Bowden's deposit and did a few lines um, north, south, um, f- and f- further afield, looking um, uh, particularly under the sandstone cover. So that release that we put out um, um, clearly showed some analogous um, areas, which is clear that that um, you have lookalike Bowden's uh, deposits under the sandstone. So obviously we're super excited about that and getting drilling. But more importantly, well, not more importantly, but importantly, the, um, the seismic has clearly shown the edge of the caldera structure. So right. that puts us on the map on where we you know, very closely where we are likely to find more. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all, at, at all if we find, you know, another Bowdens or you know, mm. something similar. And, you know, it, it is under... Away you go again. Yeah. A thin, thin veneer of, 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 of sandstone cover. So that, do, that doesn't scare us um, at all. But, um, but the seismic's been hugely successful. And obviously, it's now pending um, drilling and so forth to, to test, those, um, test those targets. But it looks pretty interesting. I encourage your, your, uh, your listeners to, to have a look at that announcement. And we'll be showing a little bit more about that in the, in, um, in the coming days. We'll have a presentation okay. out out on Monday that'll, that'll show a little bit more on that. And what about the underground scoping study? When is that coming out? Yeah, so we, we, we actually, because the drilling um, last year was, was, was being you know, so successful, we, we actually kicked off the, um, the scoping study early and, and before, usually, usually you develop your, your mineral resource calculations and then you launch into the scoping study. But because the drilling was so successful, we commenced the, uh, the scoping study through NTEC out of WA, so um, Underground Specialists. 
Um, and um, so, so it's sort of half done. But now, now we've, mm. we've just reported the mineral resource we into the second half of the scoping study. So um, I'm not calling it the end of this year, but it'll be pretty close to um, the end of this year or early next year where that'll be complete. And and um, uh, and, and and that'll I think the work we've done to date is pretty encouraging. Um, that and, and what's likely. the significance of that? Well, the significance is that you know, the open cut is all very good and fine, but you know, come come year three of the open cut, um, it'd be good to see us beefing up um, other resources. So we have a slight drop off in grade um, during that, that that production profile. So if we're able to plug that gap or even um, enhance that gap, we want to see us maintaining six million ounces at least. Uh, per year, that could in fact increase from the underground operation. So, from a from a material point of view, this underground operation is going to be particularly material from a cash flow uh, yes. point of point of view. So, when it comes to the final approval process for the open cut development, what's what's the timing on that, and what is the mine eventually going to look like? Do you think? Yeah. So. Um, the approval process, we're right at the point in now. So um, we completed the environmental um, impact statement some two years ago now. So it goes through its assessments, uh, assessment process. Very, very fortunately, late last year, so in November last year, we, um, we made a fundamental change to the uh, plant design. So we were um, slightly deficient in water. So we're looking at building okay. a building a water pipeline from one of the coal mines to bring um, uh, to uh, what we call make-up water in, into the mine. Um, and yet not last November, we, we continued on with our you know, water studies and so forth, and we made a decision last November that, in fact, we were um, self-sufficient in water on site. So we did some optimisation work. We're using less water now. We had a paste thickener plant coming in. Um, greater recycling um, on site. So we're able to remove that bit of infrastructure, um, which knocked out about 25 million of capital costs as well, which is um, which is a, you know, mm. obviously a, a, a gain for us. <laughs> Two um, ways to help. But, 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 but also we're, we're, we're the master of our destiny when it comes to water. We've, we're 100% self-sufficient on, on site. So part of that, um, uh, we had to re- resubmit our, uh, water profile and strategy, um, and so that's in its final stages of a assessment right now. Um, I don't like to put a, a date to it, but we're yes. pretty close to the end of it. We'd like to think that we we will have approvals by the end of this year, but it, it might scroll over um, in the next year. But I, I, th- I think, um, yeah, where we sit at the moment, um, each government department who's reported to the, um, uh, you know, the the the, 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 the primary department for the assessment, um, the, um, uh, all those government departments have um, no further um, issues with the project. So I think from here on, we're, we're, um, we've got uh, pretty much clear air, clear air for the, for the improvements. And in and ter- terms of your question on, on what will the mine look at, so 2 million tonnes per annum um, is, the, um, is, the, is the process rate. We'll produce um, about 6 million ounces of silver a year, a little bit of zinc, and a small amount of um, lead. So the, the the silver lead concentrate is likely to go off to um, be trucked and, and then railed to Port Pirie in South Australia for okay. smelting. And the, the zinc product will go out through 
Uh, Newcastle or Port Botany, and that'll go off to you know Tasmania or, or to any market in in, in Europe. Um, um, it's convention, conventional um, conventional processing, so there's there's nothing unusual about it. Now, what about the Barabola project, which is close to Bowden's? You've you've restarted drilling there. What's what's happening um, at that little part of uh, the world? Yeah, so. Um, Barabala is about, about 10 kilometres north of Bowdens. Um, it's in older rocks. Um, we were initially attracted uh, to that area. It's, you know, back in the 1970s, Anglo, Anglo-American were, were, um, were up there and they did, did a, a small amount of work, but you know, just surprisingly that you know, no work, effectively no work had been done um, since the 1970s. You know, go figure. Everyone thinks that New South Wales has probably combed over. Um, mm. it's, it's not at all, and, and um, uh, but what we see, what we, we saw up there was, you know, Anglo had done a little bit of work on a prospect uh, level, so all these old little mines, lead, lead, lead zinc mines, silver mines, um, molybdenum um, and so forth, a bit of copper in the system, um, but they're all small prospects that are, you know, scattered along uh, across the landscape. We got involved. We wanted to understand the geological settings, so we did a, a regional mapping. Um, we flew magnetics and and so forth to, you know, to further understand. But as it turned out, all of those um, all of those mine areas or, or, or those areas that have been historically highlighted by Anglo were all connected in a way. They were related. Um, so. The mapping had shown a, a large area of outcropping mineralisation, albeit low grade, but you know, you're dealing with an area which is you know, some uh, 9,000 by 2,000 metres of outcropping mines and um, you know, old mines, um, um, mineralisation, scarification on surface, um, there's a lot of structure involved. Um, and uh, yeah, very unfortunately for us, we, we started drilling up there, and then um, uh, COVID hit. Yes, and uh, and you know, and we, we were on other people's um, properties here, so um, of course, of course, we, yeah. we, we decided to, to shrink in and, and, and not be um, we closed the program down. We we continue to drill down at back of Bowdens. We own one hundred percent of our freehold um, down at down mm. Bowdens, so we okay. had full flexibility of doing what we what we wanted. But we um, we crimped on the project up at um, Barabala, but we're back in there now. You're back. So we've been You're drilling, back. Um, but yeah, th- this is still a first pass program. Um, but a lot of work needs to be done up there. But the geological setting. When you, you you can compare it, it's Macquarie Arc, it's Lachlan Fold Belt. It's the same rocks, same structure, same mineralisation styles that you see in the Macquarie Arc on the western limb. The western limb hosting Cadia Ridgeway and North Parks and you know, those other mines in, in New South Wales, and um, with obviously you know, Cadia Ridgeway being the flagship. But mm. this is. Um, yeah, a lot more work needs to be done. It's still an exploration play, but it, it's um, super exciting uh, for us. And yeah, you know, we're delighted. We got we've only got one rig up there at the moment, but we're um, delighted to be back in there. In and, play. and we'll see mm. how it goes. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about silver. It's an interesting metal because it's it's both seen from an investment point of view as a precious metal, particularly in the US, but now increasingly it's being used as an industrial metal, especially around clean tech, green tech, the renewable sector, the transition into clean energy. What's your take 
on silver and what's happening uh, globally with silver. Yeah, uh, Justin, uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's a fascinating space, and and to an extent, it's 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 still overlooked in a way. Um, you know, lithium and and you know, nickel and cobalt, whatever, are sort of headline sort of uh, metals at the moment in 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 a, in a greener economy. Um, silver is in there as well, as you mentioned, in, in, as an industrial uh, metal. It, it's actually been an industrial metal for some time, and, yes. and the primary reason for that is that it's by far the best electrical conductor. So that that's why we see you know, about ten percent of demand at the moment is used in photovoltaic cells. So that's in, in solar power. Um, that's predicted to move to about twenty um, percent, I think, by the end of next year. Um, so that's it's a massive growth area for silver. You know, when, when the US comes out and says that they want sixty um, percent of their uh, power through um, through through um, solar technologies. Well, you know that, that that's a big moment. You know, US is is yes. is um, you know is a big country. It's it, but it's one country. Um, but that drive in solar power globally is not about to go away. To be quite honest, you know, for the US to reach sixty percent in solar power, um, um, you know, I, I, I don't see it personally. But I was about to say, is that even possible? Oh, yeah, no, exactly. If they're able to reach half of that, yes, you know, or a quarter of that, it, it's yes. still very, very significant. But mm. you know, as I say, that's one country. You look at the Middle East, you look at Europe, and you look at Australia. Obviously, we've got a big drive here in solar power, and um, and and and, the, and there's no negating that. No matter what your views on coal and and, and whatever, solar is going to be a, 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 a big part of the mix. Um, and uh, and and yeah, and and it's it, it you know, feeding into other technologies as well, right? So when you, you think about silver, anything you look at electronically is likely to have silver. Your computers, your mobile phones, your TVs, cars, whatever. Yeah, as an example, an EV, electric vehicle, contains much much more, and in fact, over double the amount of silver than a normal combustion engine um, vehicle has. Mm. So yeah, those growth industries are are there. Um, and uh, which which bodes well um, uh, for silver, and the, the reason why, as I say, it's the by far the best electrical conductor. So it goes into switching. So um, everyone wants you know high quality switching and, and connectivity and uh, for electricity. So um, it's a massive growth market for for the metal. And then then you've got other areas as well, which are, I, I find quite extraordinary. As, as an example, you'll see you know on your on your you know, rapid antigen testing, you'll see um, on some of them it says AG. Mm-hmm. And that's that's silver. So silver is the operative uh, metal or element in really? those rapid antigens. You see um, other areas in, in medicine. You see um, silver um, being used. So um, componentry in hospitals and so forth. Um, and the reason for that is that um, when bacteria hit silver, silver ions kill most bacteria.s So it's a um, uh, sort of medicinal sort of. Uh, products, so it's the, the technologies, the nanotechnologies, and so forth, um, are, um, are, are expanding rapidly. A lot of science is going into it. As an example, um, U.S. military is um, now has um, uh, its fatigues. Um, so when a soldier is out in the field, whatever they're mm-hmm. obviously not bathing for days, and they need to um, um, uh, stay clean. So they, they, their clothing is laced. With silver, it's not like chainmail. It just—it's like—it's it, like—it's like cotton, and um, it's like cotton, and it keeps the bacteria um, off the skin, off the skin. So, um, water 
purification. So water purification in the third world, you have, um, um, you know, there's small operative units that um, are bolted onto townships and so forth. The operative um, element in there is silver, and that's what's purifying the water. So it's a, it's a um, you know, in, in, in terms of um, in volume, um, so silver is not is not the metal, but in terms of um, the applications, silver has the most applications out of all the metals in um, in, uh, in 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 industry and, and, and elsewhere, and, and obviously with renewables, um, with renewables, it's it's a big part of that. And obviously, it's not not headline like lithium and others at, at the moment, but. Um, it will be, and, and there's some uh, uh, pretty pretty interesting forecasting um, out there for next year and beyond, um, which sees um, the demand for silver off the scale. So we're looking forward to that. And we, you know, when it, coming back to silver mines, it's all always been about you know a, a, a big asset and de-risking over time. So you know, complete the drill out, mineral resource reserve feasibility, environmental impact statement, approvals getting into production and you de-risk the project and when that's that's coupling in with a um, a strong silver market, whatever, well, you know, it's pretty obvious where the stock's going to go over time. Anthony, it's been um, really great having you come on the show today. We wish you all the very best for the years ahead. The project sounds amazing. Remember the name, folks, Silver Mines. It's on the ASX as SVL. Anthony McClure, Managing Director of Silver Mines. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Justin.